Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. Well, I didn't expect to do another movie podcast in quite some time, but I found out about one of my favorite movies as a little kid turning 25 years old. What movie may you ask is that? You may ask yourself, sorry, what movie is that you may find yourself asking? Well, is a 1996 film directed by the legendary, yet had some issues near the end of his career, Jan de Bont, and that is the 1996 disaster film, Twister, which is co-starring Carrie Elwes, uh, Jake Busey, Alan Rock, Phil Seymour Hoffman, well, it's mainly starring Phil Seymour Hoffman, Alan Rock, Phil Seymour Hoffman, like I mentioned, Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, Jamie Gertz, Carrie Elwes, co-stars Jake Busey, Alan Ruck, and many others. I believe if I look on the IMDb page, it will say who's in it. And this is going to be with yeah, Jamie Gertz, Alan Ruck, Sean Whalen, Todd Field, Wendell Josepher, Jeremy Davies. Joey Slotnick, Scott Thompson, Lois Smith, Zach Granier, Richard Lionback, Rusty Schwimmer, Abraham Benruby, Patrick Fisher, Tony Rapp, Jake Busey, and it also does, also I do believe have the very young at the at the time Alexa Vega. But this movie came out in nineteen ninety six. And it was actually, funnily enough, Jan de Bont's second time directing a movie. His first time was directing Speed. Now, that movie already had its 25-year anniversary back in 2019. I didn't start podcasting then, but I did watch the movie in recognition of it. And that movie, to this day, is still one of my favorites, just like this one is. This one actually kind of got me interested in, not geography per se, but... Studying weather, like, always got me interested in, like, looking at weather reports and whatnot all the time. Now, the reason why I thought I'd bring this up is because, well, this movie starts off just very simple. starts off just kind of, like, cloudy and whatnot, atmospheric. But it does actually kind of work to its strength and start off with a massive tornado. More or less, Alexa Vega who's playing young Joe Thornton, Josephina, I think it is, or I'm not sure. Oh, Joanne. Joanna Thornton. She's basically, it's set in 1969 for the beginning. Her family, her family, as well as herself, take shelter from an approaching tornado, which might be an F5. However, her father decides to sacrifice himself and is killed when the tornado tears the shelter door off its hinges because he decides to stay there and try and hold on for dear life and think he will uh, be able to keep everyone safe when he could, if I'm honest, stay by the family and not have to worry about the door because no one's going to go near the door. If like if it doesn't stay on its hinges, fine. You don't have to worry about anything else. If anything happens, you could just stay by your family and not worry about it. But he sacrifices himself, and then it... it Pretty much, um, kind of makes Joe obsessed for the rest of her life with chasing tornadoes because she starts tornado chasing 
I guess a couple years later after that, and big and it jumps to twenty like twenty six years later. No, twenty seven years later in nineteen ninety six, and it says it's the present day. But this is nineteen ninety six present day, so it's not really the present day when you're watching it now in twenty twenty one. You could think it was if you really wanted to, but it's it's nineteen ninety six. So just go with it. It's not a big deal. But basically, Joe's an eccentric meteorologist who's obsessed with chasing tornadoes and leads a team of ragtag storm chasers like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays Dusty, who drives the bus known as the Barn Burner. He, that's his call sign, and a bunch of them have that sort of thing. Like, um, what's it called? Like, there's a bunch of the team that have certain na- nicknames and whatnot, and they're all certain things. Like, one's called Belcher, one's called Haynes, one's um called Lawrence, like, Joey, like, Preacher. There's a bunch that are about that sort of thing. And a lot of them are just working with the, I guess, the University of Oklahoma to try and chase these tornadoes to get grant money and try and develop a new uh, system to help warn people of the upcoming tornado. And I guess she's on the brink of divorce with uh, her retired... Storm chasing now turn uh, meteorologist news anchor Bill Harding. He ventures out to rural Oklahoma to meet Joe with his new fiance Melissa Reeves, who's played by Jamie Hurt Gertz, who, to be honest, is quite she's quite good in it, if I'm honest. But Helen Hunt plays the movie, it plays Joe Harding very, very well. If I'm truly honest, if I was to say anything about it, I have no ill will against anyone in this movie. Bill Paxson plays Bill and his nickname, because of a story that they'll probably talk, I'll talk about a little bit later on in the movie, is called the Extreme. And literally, the only person that calls him the Extreme is Dusty, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who, to be honest, I hate to say he's me personified. It's a storm chaser, but he is. I love the idea of him. I love how eccentric he is. How off the walls he is. Because me on the spectrum, I'm a little off the walls a little bit on certain things. I try not to be, but I'm definitely one of those people that just decides to just go spontaneously go out, do something completely ridiculous, or just do something to entertain myself, in a sense. And I know for a fact there's been times where I've wanted to go chase a tornado for the heck of it. Okay, sudden ice cream truck outside. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that I didn't expect to hear that in the background, but that's fine. Moving on. Basically, they're... Trying to talk over everything. Um, Bill wants to get the paper signed quickly as possible before he leaves. But he finds out that Joe has designed something that Bill and her thought about years ago called Dorothy. Clever. Wizard of Oz reference. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Not like I have a... I'm not being snarky about it. I'm just saying clever. Not something I would use, but hey, that's what they use to call it because, well... Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, she got caught in a tornado and found herself in Oz. You know what I mean? In the land of Oz. So that works, in a sense. It works, but whatever. So they start talking about it, how it, the invention was actually came from Bill's head, and it's his concept, and they're talking about how they're going to... How you basically set up Dorothy is you have hundreds of sensors that are in this device that once you put it in the middle of the damage path of a tornado, it sucks it up. And you got to make sure you get out of there before it sucks you up itself. But basically, it's to help design an advanced weather 
warning system for tornadoes basically say there's a enhanced F5 coming this way and someone's able to launch Dorothy or something of that sort into the tornado before it like it hit them you'd be able to get data that you could help get analyzed so you could predict how one could actually work from inside the funnel but they got a call like Joe and her team assemble and um they rough, rough. They rush off to chase a developing thunderstorm that could turn into a tornado, and Bill and Melissa find out that Joe didn't sign the divorce paper. So they go and chase her to track her down and say, "Hey, help us out! Like, will you sign it, please? Just do so." And um, they they do that. They have a running with Jonas Miller, Bill's rival, who was in the same lab as them when they were studying tornadoes and whatnot, but he decided to go about the money and go get some corporate sponsors and whatnot to basically get money out of chasing tornadoes. He's not in it for the money. He's for, he's in it for the science. He's not, he's not in it for the science. He's in it for the money, which is a very greedy way of being, if I'm truly honest. And... He leads a bunch of other meteorologists that have like people like Jake Busey and a bunch of others that are in the movie who aren't really not necessary to talk about, but whatever. They're they're there. It's whatever, you know what I mean? But basically they go through all this and um when they stop to get when they stop to go to a repair shop well, Bill and them start like are just stopping at a diner. Bill go gets his uh, car, his tire repaired for his truck, and um, he notices that Jonas has decide, designed something similar to Bill, and he thinks he's completely stolen the idea and is plagiarized it completely. He wants to have him not launch it or whatever because he says you stole my design. What the hell is the matter with you? You stole my design, you asshole. Like, I would be pissed, too, if someone stole my design, like, just outright plagiarized my design of something that I had. And it's just like, no, you did that. Not any... I did it, not you. But they go about talking about it. They uh, go about also, like, designing it. And he talks about how it's got all this high-tech stuff. No get, like, no real, like, heart or instinct. Nothing of that sort. And... Bill gets into a bit of a scuffle with him. And they just... Yeah. He more or less tells Joe... I'll give you one day. If it flies or not, I'm out of here with the papers and whatnot. And then they go about it all. They see that there's an F2 on their way. And... Basically... Bill... Basically takes uh, Joe's car... Well, Joe's truck and they take off to go chase it Melissa's in the back following everyone wondering what the hell's going on because she's not used to it and she's not used to the whole idea of just like stopping and going stopping and going stopping and going and chasing tornadoes she's never done that sort of thing before but they go about chasing it when they get to an area where they're chasing it they like, Bill and Joe have an issue with it, where they, they're chasing it, but they can't get out of this ditch that they found themselves in. 
and aren't able to launch the the device. They, they aren't able to launch Dorothy in time. But since they built four of them, they have plenty of other chances. But after they try and launch Dorothy again, they like not again, but like they try and la- like they can't make it this one time. Joe's truck gets lifted off and lands almost here in front of Melissa who freaks out. She's unsure what the hell happened. She's freaked out. And she thinks Bill kind of almost died or something like that. She's not... Like, she's just not very used to this sort of thing. The Auto Club, led by Jonas, I'm calling them the Auto Club because it's just how asshole of sorts they are. Show up like literally after the tornadoes come through, and they're just like, What? Like, and Bill, like, everyone's just jeering them and booing them, whatever. It's just saying they're losers, just go find their own twister and just take off, piss off, shit like that, which is fine. I mean, wouldn't you sort of do that as well if you knew there's a rival, like, set of storm chasers that are about the money, not the science, and just decided to just just not even stop and pull over or anything like that and help out if they can just say they're fine pay attention to the road don't worry about them like just be so egotistical about that who would do that yeah anyways they move on joe decides to use bill's truck and they decide to put dorothy 2 on there and they're gonna go for another one and they go for it it doesn't really end up very... It, it's basically... Uh, the way they kind of get it is they kind of are chasing it. Or they're following it, whatever. And they catch back up to Jonas and all them. They basically notice, oh, it's going to shift its tracks. It's a Sidewinder. F2, I think, or an F3. I think it's an F2. But they don't really... Me- like, they don't... It's a, it's a mixture of everything. It might be an F2 or an F3. But the Vegeta scale, at the time, was just called... An F1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Now it's updated. Now it's an enhanced EF1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And a lot of them can do some devastating damage. So anyways. They go about chasing it. They go about finding it. It happens to inter- like have so Bill and his team intercept it. Instead of Jonas who are thinking they're going to intercept it. Nope. Doesn't happen. But it basically turns into a. Re- this is where the the part for me, besides one of the first parts, and the like when they first chase the first tornado, where it gets kind of fun for me, because the first one that they chase, I get to hear one of my favorite songs by Deep Purple, Child in Time, because of Dusty just going wild and screaming, <laughs> "It's the wonder of nature, baby!" It just turns that on and just goes fucking ballistic, and that is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. One of my favorites. If I like, I'm gonna be already biased and tell people. I'm gonna tell my score, and I know it's gonna be biased, and I know for a fact I'm gonna. Be, I am biased about loving this movie. I've loved it so much. I've watched it so many times as a kid. I keep on watching it every so often. Like if it's on TV, I'll watch it again and again and again. I don't care. But again, they do that. They see it. They even see the scene involving cows. There's like two that pop up. Might be just one, actually, but I don't know exactly. But the way it's done is kind of funny and just ridiculous, but it is there. It's funny. It's just whatever. 
you don't really think too much about it, but it's still there. It's funny. They get caught in the middle of the tornado again, but this time around, like, it just kind of moves the truck around a little bit. It doesn't really do a whole lot of damage to them or anything like that. It just kind of spins the truck around. It doesn't even lift it up. It just kind of spins it around on the road because I guess they're in the core or whatever, and it just kind of spins around. That's it. After that, they decide to visit um, Joe's aunt, Meg, who becomes a bit of a pivotal part in the movie later on. And this is where they start talking about old stories about, like, or what the... After they see, um... Carrie Elwes, played by, like, who plays Jonas Miller, on a local station talking about, like, what was the thrill of the hunt, blah, 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 blah. And it goes, Sandy's gonna rue the day, there's gonna be a bunch of imminent rouge, and then they start talking about how Bill is called the extreme. Which... The story is absolutely ridiculous. It's just... If I'm honest, it's ridiculous because of the fact that, one, basically they catch us, I guess, F3 or something like that, outside of a city called Dalton in Oklahoma. Basically, some guy, who's apparently Bill, strolls out of this green valley that shows up out of nowhere, and um, basically he's completely naked, has a ball of Jack Daniels. Basically, he has a ball of Jack Daniels. Strolls up to the twister and says, have a drink. And he chucks the bottle into the twister and it never hits the ground. Like, it literally sucks it up. It literally never hits the ground. I am laughing my ass off at this to this day. Try to quote that scene because of the fact that it's just so freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's just too funny for me to even put into words this scene but i know for a fact i love this movie i'm gonna be probably talking about scenes that are emotional to me and pivotal and just oh my good lord just nuts but that's one of the scenes that makes it funny and then they hear about another tornado they go chase it off and this is where one of the best parts of the movie for me is again where it is the song Humans Being by Van Halen being played, and this is one of the last times they had Michael Anthony and Sam Hagar a part of the crew before Wolfgang Van Halen played bass with them when he was old enough to do so, where they actually were able to do an album whatnot. I think the last one they ever did was with David Lee Roth, but whatever. It's the it's the one that kinda is an era that is swiftly forgotten about a little bit. Like just not like it's swiftly, but it's like one of the last true Sammy Hagar parts before they had another re- quick replacement with someone who they didn't, that didn't really work out for too long. And then they had Gary Sharon with Van Halen 3, which we don't talk about, ladies and gentlemen. I might even come, I might even have to come back and visit that album. I honestly should have visited one of their albums when Eddie Van Halen passed away, but I didn't have an exact idea on the music podcast that I've been doing music from the curator shirt at the time. So I might, like I said, for that one, I'm already doing something for Eddie Van Halen and whatnot with his son's new album, whatever moving on. But the whole scene for this is just, it's not a montage per se, but it just, it's just great. And it feels like the montage thing, but it, it works. Like it just, it works so well. Mark Mancina 
I believe it's Mancina or Mancina. Oh, I had to look again. Uh, Mark Mancina? Yes, Mancina. He just does so good with this soundtrack. He did well with Tarzan, Training Day. Well, he did that with, um, he did the soundtrack with Phil Collins, I think, for Tarzan. But he did Training Day. He did, um, Brother Bear with Phil Collins. He's done Moana. He's done Bad Boys. He even did Speed, okay? Like, he did a bunch of good stuff. And he's made several, several, several albums, like, with people. And it's just, like, the stuff that he's done is just incredible. And it's just, like, he even did the music with Trevor Rabin for Con Air. And he did Speed 2 for Yonder Bond, as well as the first one. But, uh... He did quite a lot of good stuff, I I have to say, and he's worked with Hans Zimmer as well, like, he's one of the few people that have worked and done great stuff with people, and it's just, he's just so, I don't know what with his music, but I can definitely say the soundtrack itself is great, but I'll, I'll get back to that, I'll get back to that after I get through the movie itself, but, um, basically, um, after that, they get into another F3 or F4. No, it's an F3 that they get in touch with. After that, encounter with Jonas in the montage with Van Halen. They decide to just go and chase it. They try and set up. The, like, they try and deploy everyone. Melissa's kind of in the background with everyone, with Dusty and everyone else. Hanging back because she didn't really have much fun. The first couple times when they did it together, or when they were kind of together in a sense. So she's hanging back with Dusty and trying to get sorted out and trying to experience it all. And she's not able to really enjoy this, per se. I can already tell she's already not liking it. And she's she didn't like it the first time she was in the tornado with them. Didn't like it when Joe's truck nearly hit her and all that. And it's just like she's been traumatized twice. Like It's almost going to be a third or fourth time where she just is done. But... They go through this. They keep on going through. And it... Act, the tornado, when they're trying to set up to get it all sorted out, it actually kind of just stops out of nowhere and damages Bill's truck as well as Dorothy too, out of nowhere. And it just literally just kind of stops everything. And there was no tornado at all. They just leave because they're kind of right in the middle of the court again and they just take off. Joe tries to, like, get Bill to stop and, like, literally get out, like, take the, get all the, get the rest of the pack of the sensor to save, and Joe is just, she's obsessed, like, Bill even says, you're obsessed, it's over, forget about them, it's over, it's too late, they are wasted, there's no point in saving them, and she literally comes out, and she's she's heartbroken, right? She's heartbroken because she didn't get to see it actually work. Because this is something that she's been trying to do as a kid, trying to figure out why. And like she's just so heartbroken. She even sends an emotional line that Bill just kind of has to respond to, where she's like, "You've never seen it. You've never seen it miss that house. It miss that house. It come after you." Christ, Joe, is that what you think it did? Like. He like Bill is trying to comfort Joe in such a way, and it, like he even says, "Joe, things go wrong. You can't explain it. You can't predict it because you can't actually. It's true." 
But I know when CinemaSins did this did a video on this movie, they're like, "You can." I guess Bill could actually protect it, but it's like, no, he couldn't. Killing yourself won't bring your dad back. I, no, I'm sorry, you died. It was a long time ago. You gotta move on. Stop looking at the past and look around what's right in front of you. What are you saying, me, Joe? Like he doesn't understand. He doesn't even realize that Melissa even hears her say, like hears him say that he still has feelings for Joe and wants her to just realize i still care for you i may be moving on as a human being but i still do have feelings for you and i care for you i get overheard through the walkie-talkie and it's just like he wants her to just instead of just breaking down and just to, to just because she did the, she only became a storm chaser only to prevent what happened to her dad from happening again to anyone and bill just kind of says Stop living in the past. Start living in the present, alright? I'm sorry he died. You can't do anything to, about that. Like, killing yourself won't bring her back. Like, you're, I get you're obsessed, but you gotta remember. If we, if you work this system out together properly, you could actually keep, in a sense, your dad from dying, in a sense. Like, you could predict... Like you're able, you'll be able to at least see them actually be saved you in a sense save your father in a future tense if you really think about it but that night they attend a um they attend a drive-in screening of the shining where joe kind of decides to finally sign the divorce papers out and and just stay at a hotel nearby and out of nowhere a f4 tornado comes through while they're attending the Shining like, screening, and it's like a violent one, forces them to, as well as the theater staff and everyone, uh, to seek shelter in a nearby garage, and it just, that just theater gets devastated by it, the garage pretty much gets messed up, several of their vehicles get destroyed, and just a whole lot of stuff goes down, Melissa says you know what i can't do this anymore bill i'm sorry i'm i i can't do this i can't be your lawfully wedded wife i'm sorry i have to end i have to call it off and she realizes that joe needs bill more than anything and it's goodbye like it it kind of is a little it's a little shitty but they also find out that the same tornado that hit that that nearly hit them hits Joaquita where Meg was and they go to see if she's okay to check in on her basically to go rescue her in a sense and they do and also rescue her dog Moe's which honestly even as a as a kid I didn't have that much of a care for it. I still like cared for the dog at the time I did like, well, I'm still an animal lover but just seeing it now because I do have a pet dog kind of makes it harder for me to not feel bad for her, but also kind of feel even more heartbroken to see her lose her home because it just there's so much more to lose. But that is beside the fact, ladies and gentlemen. And oh my goodness, I'm almost at. Oh my good lord! No way! No no no! Okay. Yeah yeah. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I was having a anchor was almost having a moment on me where it just kind of froze on me, freaked me out. But anyways, moving on. Basically, the whole it hits Joaquita. Meg has a broken wrist and a bump on the head. She goes to the hospital. Like uh, Joe realizes, I just found a way to make Dorothy fly, and they get everyone to load the last two Dorothys onto Bill's truck, 
and whatever they have left. They use the barn burner and a few other, I think, just to build these, rebuild the sensors in a sense with extra pieces where they actually, like, take all these aluminum cans with cutters and, like, duct tape and aluminum cans and make ways to make them, make the sensors fly properly with these cans. It's a bit of an impromptu way to do it, but it still works. I mean, better than nothing. But they do this, and it's in a, a step, solid, like, let's do it, let's get it going, let's, let, it's the last time we could do it, let's go, let's go, let's go, 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 sort of montage. And the music with Martin Mancina just amplifies how important this is and just how intense it's going to be. It just, it works so well, and it's just like, they're going to get it going, they're going to do it. They're going to bam, 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 bam. They're going to do it, and it's just going to be Bam! Perfect. But, and comes some more issues. They do a half, like, they see the tornado, and it's become an F5, as they found out when, uh, they were taking care of Meg, like, in the ambulance and whatnot. Again, they're sorted, and they go ahead and, uh, set up shop wherever the hell they're gonna set it up. Joe and Bill literally are like put in the middle of the road Dorothy 3 and then they put like they keep Dorothy 4 for the last anyways but um it crashes a log from the the tornado kind of wedges them stuck on the road until a a gas tanker takes them out off the tree like unwedges them frees them and explodes right in front of them and they just yeah and then they run into Jonas and his t- and Eddie, his assistant, while Jonas's team, somewhere near, like, our, however far, of our station are now about to record the tornado chase and whatnot, set it up and all that, they basically see his demise because he didn't pay attention to what Joe and Bill even said. Hey, this is not going to work. You got to actually get out of there. Like, turn around now. You'll live if you do. They, they don't. They, Eddie gets impaled. By something and the tornado just sucks them up and just not even sucks them up but like just lifts them up out of the sky and literally just flies them and just drops them off after that joe and bill go through a house go through a bunch of the like farming debris and just go through all this crazy stuff they set up the last dorothy the last one set it up and it goes right through the tornado and they've already, like, they've abandoned the truck. They basically get out of the truck. They abandon it. On, they have it on cruise control. It goes. They see it happen. Everyone's celebrating, in a sense. They see it's about to shift. Joe and Bill are, like, near the, near the path of it. They start chasing, running off to this farm, I guess. They see a barn. They go through there to try and stay alive. They notice that it's full of uh, slaughtering equipment. So they get out of there and find a... Um, I guess a, wa- uh, I guess a water house, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it is. The one where you'd see a water pump for water to like, f- whatever for the ha- for the development for the farm. They uh, anchor themselves to it. They survive, and they see that the family also survived as well in their storm shelter. They are like it flew. Dorothy really flew. We did it. 
And they keep on, like, then they start, like, then Joe and Bill start arguing about the freaking, like, what they're going to do next. Because now they get, not now they need to get grant money. Now they need to set up, they, now they need to do analysis on this. Now they got, one of them's got to run the lab and all this, yada, yada, yada. And it looks like they're no longer going to get divorced, which was the plan originally. They were going to get divorced or whatever. Now it's not going to happen. Dusty, Preacher, everyone, like, are saying... It it worked. Every we got data flowing out of our ears. The biggest twister ever recorded on record, and all this. And they, like, I think Joey even says, "Hey, Joe, Bill, take a look at this guy." They're like, "Nah, I think we've seen enough." They, I guess, reconsummate their marriage. I guess I'm not sure what happens, but they it kind of the camera kind of pans back from everything and just sees everyone just kind of celebrating, having fun, taking a look at the damage because the damage is pretty intense, but. It ends there with Mark Mancini's score, and then it ends with one of the most special pieces of music for me. As as a little boy, I loved it, and I still do to this day. The song "Respect the Wind" by Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Alex on the, like is not on the drums; he's on the piano because they were both trained classically to do piano before they found drums on, and guitar. But Eddie's playing the guitar solo on this. It's just a full. It's a gorgeous instrumental. But there it ends. The now to give this movie my final thoughts and everything, I'm gonna be biased. I'm telling you right now, I'm being biased. This movie to me, I loved it as a kid. I still do. Just watching it again, I kind of am kind of tearing up a little bit, and I have to give this movie. I hate to say it. I hate to be biased. I really do, but I'm giving it a solid ten out of ten. It is one of my all-time favorite movies to this day. If you're ever a fan of disaster movies or if you love the 90s and you haven't seen this movie before, if you've seen Speed, you do deserve to give yourself a chance to watch this movie however you can. This is one of the first movies that Warner Brothers ever released on DVD. It might have been the very last one that was ever on HD DVD, but it might not be. I don't know. I, I do know it's it was the second highest grossing film in 1996. It did. It was mixed. It was critically mixed, but it did. Ha, it did get an Academy Award nomination for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound, but both lost to the English Patient and Independence Day. But the the production on it, honestly, the stuff that was done, it was produced by Emblem Entertainment with Warner Brothers Universal helping back it, and even um. Well, Yandabont did well on it, but uh, it was. It took quite a lot to actually work all over the state of Oklahoma. It even worked in... Uh, it went all over the place, really. And they did a lot of proper... Um, what was it? They did a lot of... like They also tried to make sure they worked together with... Um, some real-life storm chasers from NSSL Vortex. As well as use industrial light and magic to kind of work on the production as well. It was a little bit over budget, apparently. I don't know, but I do know quite a bit of stuff. But I can definitely say the motion picture soundtrack has Van Halen, Rusted Root, Mark Knopfler from uh, Dire Straits, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Goo Goo Dolls, Shania Twain, and it has the song Respect the Wind. It doesn't have all the songs that should be in there, but you know what? That's okay. It doesn't have... Um, Motherless Child or Deep Purple's Child in Time, which is fine. 
But the original score done, again, by Mark Mancina. Oh, boy. Does that actually make this movie a little bit better, in my opinion. Then again, I've grown up loving this movie, and it's just... To this day, it's just... I don't know. It's just so good, and I just... I would love to get a copy of this, even if I had to get a couple extra tracks and whatnot from it. I know, I think La La Land Records has it somewhere, but I know it's not on iTunes. If it was on iTunes, they extended, full-blown, not including the original music picture, motion picture soundtrack, not that one, but I mean the actual score, I would more than happy take this movie and, like, listen to the score over and over again. There are some soundtracks that I do that with. Like, I mean, one example was James Mangold's uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. That movie's soundtrack... Which was, I believe, done by, um, what's their name? It was done by Marco Beltrami and Buck Sanders. I remember, I loved that soundtrack. I would do the same with Twister. There are a bunch of movies that I can still say I love the soundtrack too. And at the end of the day, I'd be more than happy to have it all the way through. Someone gave me the soundtrack. But you know what? May never be able to get it in digital format, maybe in physical format. If I can track it down, I'll be more than happy to track it down. For a decent bargain, of course. If not, no big deal. It's not a big deal, but it's one of those things. But I love this movie. I've already admitted that this is a 10 out of 10 for me. It's one of my favorite movies as a kid. I can still watch it to this day and still find enjoyment out of it. I still find enjoyment out of Daylight, out of Speed, out of Twister. Out of a bunch of these ridiculous action movies from the 90s, I still find them enjoyable. Some of them not so much now as I've grown older, but I can still sit back and watch Twister or Demolition Man or Speed. I can sit back and watch these, no problem. I can even watch Jurassic Park, the first one, for crying out loud, and just sit back and just enjoy it for what it is. It's just, I turn my mind off on some of these movies, but this one, it doesn't draw, it doesn't come close to home for me, but it's something I've watched for a long time as a kid. And it's a movie that I will still love to this day. If I do come back and revisit this, I might revisit it with a friend who hasn't seen it and ask them their opinion on it. But that'll be more of a bonus episode, sort of redux thing that I will do. But I will definitely invite someone, if if they're more than happy to check it out with me and just go with it. If not, that's not a big deal. I will definitely just say, hey. Whatever works. Whatever they say, great. If not, if they don't like it, that's fine. That's not a big deal to me. But if they do like I do, then at least we can agree on something. But at the end of the day, it's... <sighs> Sorry for that. It's one of those movies that I can sit back and watch and just enjoy. And just kind of go with it. And now... Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. I will say adieu... Until we see each other again, this is Scott signing out with the movie Twister, and I will be playing it through the end credits on my own. You, on the other hand, will not be able to hear it because I'm going to turn off this recording. Until until next time, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in between, off we to Zen. This is me saying farewell for now. End transmission. <laughs>